0: It's time, time for barreled up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie. Hi. Good evening, everybody. How you doing? How you doing, Jim? Welcome for another episode of the Barreled Up podcast. We're doing it on my channel tonight, and uh, yes, sir. Jim, there's there is not a lot going on right now, but we got a few things to dive mm-hmm. into tonight, mm-hmm. and I'm glad we at least have something to bite yes. into. Jim how, how are you getting through the these cold quiet
1: days right now um i'm getting fired up like <laughs> like the whole chris gets thing i went uh, you know i i i i've been, i've been pretty fired up about chris gets and some other stuff um but uh to side of that side of that um you know I did uh yesterday I, I feel like we are at a point and I did it yesterday on, on my Sunday night stream. I I know uh or no wait it wasn't Sunday it was month what the hell day is it I don't even I don't know. know my what kids day it is. Did my Wednesday? kids haven't my kids have not been to school in the building <laughs> since nope. last Friday. I don't know what day it is it all is the same thing at this point. So anyway the other day Yesterday, I did winners and losers. I'm at the point where I know we can't give out grades, but we can do winners and losers at this point. Yeah. So I'm that's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about who screwed this up, who knocked it out of the park. That's where my head's at these days.
0: Yeah, I did a video yesterday. Thank, uh, and for those of you in the chat that don't know, yes, I posted a video yesterday. Um, and go check out Jim's as well. But uh, yeah, I did a video on just like best fits for free mm-hmm. agency, because you know mm-hmm. I, things are always changing. It's the off season for you, and I'm thinking, God, we still got so many free agents on the board. So it's like, well, hey, yeah I'm bored. I need content. Why not? We'll just do it. I might even do a part two predictions. To be completely honest, at this point, I'm just trying to get through. Which you know, I was listening to uh Jared Carabas on the Baseball is Dead podcast, and he really made a lot of sense with one thing he said. He said, you know, when you make predictions in November they're pretty much always going to be wrong because one thing can happen and Mm -hmm. that can just change everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, they're all, it's always fun to make predictions. We all love predictions, but I don't think it hurts to do like a part two predictions. I used to be very like, I'm not doing a part two. I'm sticking to the original ones, but really things do change, Um, you know, and, and Hey, the way Boris is running things right now, it, mm-hmm. who knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's crazy, Jim, because the last couple of off-seasons, it feels like we had, even though it, it got kind of annoying sometimes, like team was interested in this player, team was interested in this player. It, it, it felt like it was getting a little annoying at times, but at least it was something to dive yep. into, whereas mm-hmm. now it's just it, it's dead silent it's crazy what do you think about you know just boris and everything
1: i was gonna say it's not only that it's dead silent and and i think part of that is because these players don't have a market large enough to get news like that and changing like the market's kind of like cubs cody bellinger rangers jordan montgomery giants matt chapman hater Feels like it's Dodgers or Ra- it is not changing. I will say this about about uh, Boris. Uh, somebody brought it up yesterday in the live stream that Boris is one of the losers of this off season. and my initial reaction was to say, no, "No, no, no, he's just calculating." But I thought about it for five seconds, and I came to the realization, and I and I hate that I forget the the person who brought this up uh, brought it up in a super chat too, mm. but it was it, it, it I think it was right on that Boris has actually maybe botched this offseason. Remember last offseason, he said, by the end of the winter meetings, my guys are going to be signed. And that's what's going to happen. He sort of forced the market. And he yep. didn't do that this year. And maybe it was because he wanted to wait for Otani to come off the board and for teams to feel uh, you know, a-, a-, a loss. But what we found with Otani and we found with Yamamoto yep. is that loss did not mean that the team was pivoting to anyone else. The Blue Jays did not pivot to Bellinger. The Mets did not pivot to Snell or Montgomery. They were just like, all right, we missed out. We're going to move on to Marcus Stroman and Isaiah kiner falefa and, and Sean Manaya." Like that's what happened when the Yankees missed out on Yamamoto, they went Stroman. When the Mets missed out on Yamamoto, they went Manaya. When the Blue Jays missed out on Otani, they went IKF and Kevin Kiermaier. So maybe Boris kind of did, um, mess this one up this year because now teams are starting to reach their ceiling and what they're comfortable spending with. Rosters are filling up spots are uh, being solidified. So maybe, maybe Boris messed this up. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see
0: because, yeah. you know, every offseason is different. There's always totally. going to be some kind of a new trend, you know, whether we see, you know, how fast guys sign or perhaps, you know, different types of contracts. Like I feel like over the last few years, we've been seeing more of those opt-outs getting thrown into deals. Um, you know, I, I think we got to wait until the end here. Let's see what actually happens. Let's see what kind of money. I'm also just wondering if, you know, the these few TV deals – are throwing a wrench in everything. We'll talk about Definitely. the TV deal a little bit later when we talk about Jordan Montgomery. But I think that's kind of throwing a wrench in it because it also just has to do with you know one particular player on the market, Jordan Montgomery, where the one team that's really the perfect fit for him, the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. they got TV money issues, and mm-hmm. we'll, I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yep. But um, you know, I think that's really throwing a wrench in the whole thing, and and I think teams, you know, and I think other teams are also seeing that. And I think they're almost kind of trying to wait things out a little bit. Like I think it's just a, it's a staring contest right now, seeing who blinks first.
1: Right. Yeah, you're um, right. Um, shout yeah. out, quick shout out. I see him in the chat. You were right. It was I am versatility. He is here tonight. He was here last night. He is everywhere. You cannot escape him. I am versatility all over the place, <laughs> bringing us bringing us thoughts, contents, topics to talk about. I have a facility. shout out to you my friend
0: but uh well let's get this show on the road uh everyone make sure to download the barreled up podcast you can find that wherever you listen to your favorite podcast whether that's google spotify stitcher apple wherever i don't even know where else you can listen to podcasts but my the moon spotify. Wait, which one was that the moon oh yes yes i i uh spotify for me that's my go-to i feel like that's the easy one but Mm -hmm. um yeah make sure everyone go download that it really does help us out uh and and hey if you like our faces enough go give us a five-star rating leave a comment whether that on apple i think you can write reviews there or whatever um but yes let's move on here to the start of the show and hey jim your blue jays are active we got something today. We got something. Well, it's not officially, uh, but we have mm-hmm. Yaria Rodriguez, one of the more intriguing guys on the market from Cuba, been pitching in Japan, more as a reliever. He pitched in the World Baseball Classic, had, a, I think, 10 strikeouts over a little under eight, uh, eight innings pitched during the World Baseball Classic. Uh, good stuff. Good fastball, good velocity, looking around mid upper 90s with that, and then a big time slider, a lot of spin on it. He's got some pretty good stuff, very good numbers over in Japan, ERA and the ones, right around 10 strikeouts per nine in Japan. Um, the The question is, what is his role going to be? We saw teams are interested in him as a starter. Some teams are mm-hmm. interested in him as a reliever. and the blue Jays were considered to be one of those teams that were into him as a starter. For me personally, I see him as a reliever. I see a shutdown closer at some point. May, who knows? Maybe even like a, almost like an Andrew Miller kind of a type multi-inning reliever, you know, an ace out of your bullpen. But, uh, Jim, overall, hey, it's nice to see the Blue Jays make a move. What are you thinking? How do you feel?
1: I mean, it's the biggest move they've made all offseason, certainly yeah. over Kevin Kiermaier and, uh, and IKF. And just a quick special shout-out, I Versatility coming through with a super chat. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate that. I would say that uh, again, it's the biggest move they have made this off season. Mm-hmm. It is interesting because the rotation is set as it is. They have six or seven guys. You add him into the mix that, that takes it to seven or eight guys competing for a rotation spot. And it feels like five of those spots are locked in. Yep. Um, only if Alec Manoa goes out there and implodes, is there a spot open in that rotation? And if that happens, <laughs> save us all. Um, so I like that. I, I believe he wants to be a starter, though. So mm-hmm. this is rumored to be a four-year deal. And 30, if no. that if that is what comes through, then you think he slides into the rotation for Kikuchi when you see Kikuchi's contract expires at the end of the season. But then there's Ricky Tiedemann and yep. Gosman and Barrios and Bassett are still have a couple of years left. This is not the final year there, so it's it's it's, it's perplexing. Um, from a add talent to your roster perspective, yes, it definitely does that. Does it address a area of need that this team has? It does not. And that is the only the only concern that I have here is that it does not address a need. Sounds like it's gonna be about eight million dollars. They mm-hmm. are already about ten million dollars over what they mm-hmm. spent last year, if you mentally add Vladdy's looming arbitration dollars in. Yeah. So I don't know if they have any money left. And if you're a Blue Jays fan, you don't want to hear that because you still want Jorge Soler or J.D. Martinez or at the very least, Jock Peterson. You want somebody with pop. You'd love a lefty bat. I don't know if they can spend that. Let me throw this at you. Um, as you can tell, I'm kind of torn on the deal. I like it. I don't like it. I don't know. I'm on both sides of the fence. Let me let me throw this out at you. And you. And you let me know if I'm just going crazy here. I feel like adding Rodriguez opens up the potential that the Toronto Blue Jays might do something else that the Toronto Blue Jays now could seriously entertain the idea of trading either Manoa or Kikuchi Now, trading Manoa would be ridiculous at this point, right? Because his value is about as low as it could possibly be coming off of last year's dumpster fire. But Kikuchi is coming off the best year of his career he's entering the final year of his contract and we know the price for starting pitching in the trade market is extremely high. Here's a trade for you. The Toronto blue Jays send you say Kikuchi, a utility versatile position player, somebody like a Kevin BGO, Santiago Espinal, uh, Ernie Clement, one of those three, one of them and a prospect, not a, not a top-level prospect, but somebody in that 15 to 30 range, right? Anybody over the age of 21 in that 15 to 30 range for ha Kim. If you do that, if you're the Toronto Blue Jays, you actually bring the dollars down because Kikuchi will make more than Hassan Kim. The Padres need starting pitching. The Padres need players to fill holes. So if you sent Kikuchi, Santiago, Espinal, and another prospect, You load the Padres up with a starting pitcher that's coming off their best year, could give you some good innings. You load them up with a versatile position player. You can move them all over the infield. You give them a prospect. The Blue Jays get a cheaper Hassan Kim. He becomes the second baseman, and that opens up dollars for the Toronto Blue Jays to then, at the very least, go out there and sign Jock Peterson. You could turn this into a three-player addition if you're aggressive and enough of a deal maker am i crazy i I know i'm crazy but i feel like that's the way to go at this point for toronto
0: the only snag i have in that is this hassan kim he's a great value yeah for what he's making right and to me the podge he's a fan favorite there but he also gives you a lot of production for not that much money. Right. So that's like the only thing I could see being the snag. Yeah, I, I totally see a fit there. I just wonder if the pogres really want to give him up, especially with the defense that he provides. And I feel like the pogres mm-hmm. really need to hang on to as m- much good talent as they can at this Here's- point. Now he's not Juan Soto by any means. Right. But, but, the fa- but so- Soto was making a ton of money, and you weren't going to be mm-hmm. able to extend him anyway. So Hassan Kim, on the other hand, is not making that much money and he's giving you so much more value. The the return on investment with Hassan Kim is it's so good. So that's like the only snag that I see. Let me hit you with one. I got Mm -hmm. an idea. Mm -hmm. I have one. Listen to this one. How about this? You go to the Marlins, Mm -hmm. go to the Marlins, the Marlins. Remember what they did with Jesus Lazardo.
1: Wait, I think I know got, where you're going, and I'm getting excited. Hold on. I might be getting excited, but come on. Keep, 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 they they keep got coming. Jesus on. Lizardo
0: back on track.
1: No, 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 no. I don't want Lozardo. I want somebody else. no,
0: no, 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 no. I'm saying just I'm using this as an example. Okay. I mean, if they could do it with Lazardo, why couldn't they do it with Alec Manoa? Maybe throw yeah. in a future shortstop that they Take don't him. have in their system. Have Take him. Larger? Mm-hmm. Throw in maybe, hey, Babe Ruth Schneider, give him a bat that they could use. Mm-hmm. Luis Arise. I mean, ah, like, yes. me that's not a good trade. I mean, no, bring it. Bring So tell me, I mean, maybe the Marlins don't want to do that, but like to me, if they're going broke and if I have the chance to get. You know, Manoa back on track. the Marlins are great with pitching. Now mm-hmm. I could see Marlins fans being like, "Oh, are you kidding me?" But hey, listen, you did it with Lazardo. Okay, I'm just saying. I, I yeah. think that sounds pretty good, and it gives like it a it. lefty bat for the for the Blue Jays top of the
1: order. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think a rise. I think a rise costs more than Hassan Kim. I think a rise because yeah. you've got two years right with Luis Arise, and Hassan Kim is an expiring. So look, at the end of the day, the blue Jays need blue Jays. can't stop. Right. I think we both, whether it's Luis rise, I would love it. Um, yeah. Ha song, Kim figure out the package, I- even Jonathan India. It's not great, I but it be- it's, I think there's something there. Reds fans hate the idea of trading Jonathan India. That's all you yeah. got to say. Yeah. Blue Jay fans yeah, that don't want would. Jonathan India. Reds fans don't want to trade him. So yeah. what does that tell you? Um, yeah. I-, I think that there's something that they need to do. The lefty bats, the way to go. And I'm, ho- I- I'm, I guess I'm hopeful that this Yariel Rodriguez signing gives that Blue Jays front office uh, the, the the feeling of some security with the depth with their starting pitching to where they can maybe dangle Yusei Kikuchi. You could probably get something good for Yusei Kikuchi. The, the, the asking price for starting pitching is ridiculous. And you think about the teams that are trying to get Shane Bieber, Corbin Burns, Dylan Cease, on and on, you know, uh, Lizardo. We know the asking price is astronomical. If you can come in there with. You say, Kikuchi, with a bargain, all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, yes, let's do yeah. this. So this could present the Blue Jays a, a very uh, interesting opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think you could see something, you know, I think the thing is, it's like you're just waiting for these guys to start coming off the board a little yeah. bit and opening up, you know, those avenues. Because one, when one domino falls, another falls, and another, and another, and another, and that mm-hmm. could be like, okay for one team, okay, we got to make a trade, we got to go figure something out here and then things gonna happen real quick. So, I think a lot of it, you know, we have been getting some some bits and pieces from Heyman uh today on his Bleacher Report stream where he said he's he's thinking like that mid starting pitching market's going to start moving. Mm-hmm. Uh he's going to you know, you'll probably start seeing the reliever market get moving a little bit. Um maybe even some bats. So, I, I do think we're going to start seeing something yeah. because Look, listen Scott Boris can hold this up all he wants but to me uh, if I'm a player I kind of want to know where I'm going maybe, maybe that's just me yes. maybe Blake Snell does not care and he's ready to just pack his bags and go wherever he wants but I would mm-hmm. think man mm-hmm. gosh like I would mm-hmm. want to kind of know where I'm going a little bit you know a month away from spring training less right so We'll see. Yeah. But overall, yeah. I do like the signing for the Blue Jays. It's not expensive. It's $8 million right. per year. Right. Uh, you figure it out as you go. But I definitely think it could open up something for maybe a bat. If maybe someone like Luis Arise or Hasan Kim were not possibilities. How about Jorge Soler? Jorge Soler was a uh, one of the bats John Heyman mentioned today. And he said, your Blue Jays. Would be the favorite for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? Really, it's kind of feels like it's down to three, maybe four teams, right? The Red Sox are in there at one point, listed as the front runner at one point, doesn't look like that much anymore. The mm-hmm. Mets have been in there, even the Diamondbacks have popped up a little bit. But the Blue Jays seem to be the team when you're looking at the reports in the driver's seat. What do you think? Uh, you know, we've talked about the lefty bats, but if Jorge Soler was the bat, the blue Jays got, how would you feel
1: about it? I would be happy with it. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, look, I, I, I want the lefty. I do. Um, Jorge Soler. We've seen him go in the tank. We've also seen him rake. And that's the only thing I worry about. If he goes in the tank for 2024, this blue Jays team is done. (laughs) especially yep. if you sign him to a three-year deal. Yep. So that's that's my only hesitation. Mm-hmm. If we're getting the best version of Jorge Soler, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. If we get the bad version of Soler, I'm unconsolable. And even if we get the version of Soler that's in the middle, I'm not happy. So yep. that's the problem. Like, There's three versions of him, and there's only one that makes me happy. Um, for the money, for the years, I worry about Jorge Soler. I don't, and and as it is, I don't think they have the money to sign him after this Rodriguez deal as it is. Mm. So I wonder if this is leverage. If, if Heyman, look, some of this stuff from Heyman, if it's, if it's from his gut, that's one thing. If it is a sources tell me, that's a whole different thing. That means he, in my opinion, that means he's been basically told to say that so Mm. that maybe it alters or improves an offer from another team. I still think, again, the only way the Blue Jays get to the finish line with Jorge Soler on the roster is if there are moves made between now and then because I do not believe financially, and if you're wondering what, why does he keep talking about this, Mark Shapiro did his end-of-season exit interview, and he said that this team could keep their payroll at its current level. They've already gone up by about 15, 20 million bucks. Are they going to go up another 15, 20 million bucks to bring in Jorge Soler? I'm skeptical of that. So that's the only, my only worry. I feel like the low risk, high reward proposition is Jock Peterson. Um, But I understand there's a lot of blue Jay fans that get excited about Soler. Yeah. To me, you
0: know, The one thing the Blue Jays need—they need a guy that can slug over 500. You know, they didn't have one guy last year besides Schneider, who had over a 500 slug, and that was a small sample size. Mm -hmm. Um, But they really do need some of these guys to step up for them. You know, Vlad especially, maybe get a little bit more out of Springer. You know, they got to get some guys within, but someone like him would make a lot of sense. But it does feel like if they were to only add one bat, the lefty bat would probably fit a bit better i've also yeah. seen the other side of the coin where blue jays fans out there on twitter land saying you know hey i'm not going to complain if we land jorge soler like you know you can talk about the the, the righty lefty matchup all, all you want but a bat's a bat at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know where
1: do you lean there you know are you what side of the no. argument are you on i want a lefty i want a lefty 100 i would i would yeah. honestly i would rather have jock peterson than jorge soler Straight yeah, up, to forget Peterson. the dollar amounts, forget the years. I would rather have Jock over Jorge Soler. And I'm crazy. I know that, that, that I'm probably in the 5% of the Blue Jays fans that would follow that. That's where I'm at, though.
0: Yeah, no, Jock, I think, also brings the element to where, you know, I feel like the Blue Jays, maybe I'm wrong. And I'm not going to sit here and say I watch Blue Jays baseball every single day. But it feels like, I don't know, maybe they could use a little bit of a. Little bit of personality, you know what I mean? Like a little a little something. Would you would you they've feel that got right it. Or they they've got
1: think? no they've they got personality? Um but what they need is a guy. I, I look so Jay's fans that are like this guy's an idiot, I'm done. Um <laughs> You're saying that about me. <laughs> It, it, look jock peterson is not the end jock peterson is the deal for now and then go get another big bat at the trade deadline okay i get that it, it, Whatever the big bat is go trade for pete Alonso with the trade deadline all right so that's where we're at we we okay that that let me just say that i'm not saying jack peterson is going to come to the blue jays win the world series but i need a guy i need multiple guys that in october in a short series i feel like he could hit a home run with his eyes closed. And I feel yeah. like Jock Peterson is one of those guys. I need more of those guys right now. How many of those do I have on the Blue Jays? I feel like maybe three. Yeah. I mean, like maybe we got three of them. And that is Boba Shett, uh, George Springer, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I want six of them. Yeah. I, I, listen, I know Danny Jansen can pull a ball, uh, but if you pitch him right, trouble. I don't feel like Kirk can do it. Um, the, so so that's where I'm at. I want six of those guys. And if I can get Jock Peterson on the cheap, that could probably afford me the ability to go out there and do something, grab another big bat at the deadline. I, I got the solution for you. We got yeah. Solaire
0: at DH and Luis Arise at second base. I mean, goodness gracious. Tell me. And that's
1: where, that's where, but the, I think the only way they do that, again, the the so you've got to have, right? You talk about Solaire, whether it's Solaire, you got to do the trade. You have to, whether it's Kikuchi or Manoa, there has to be this Rodriguez thing needs to send into motion a three-step process. And I don't know if it will. This may be it, but we'll see.
0: We will see. But uh, it's definitely getting interesting In Blue Jay land, that is Mm -hmm. for sure. I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. I did want a little Yario Rodriguez. You know, the Red Sox were connected to him at one point. Well, they've been connected with everyone, it seems. And Mm -hmm. one of those people is Blake Snell. Now, a couple of days ago, it came out that Scott Boris is looking for nine years, 270, Mm -hmm. 30 Per year over nine years. Are you kidding me? I mean, Uh -uh. get, give me a break. And no, not, not the Kit Kat kind. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh I get it. I know it's negotiations. You always got to, you know, shoot for the moon. I get it. You got to start high, then you come down, you meet in the middle. Right. But just see, it's just like, goodness gracious. Like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, I'm now, Understand, well, I, I didn't understand before, but now I fully understand why this market is moving so slow because he's asking for almost $300 for a guy who was walking five per nine last year, in my opinion. Snell, I think you're pro- you'll probably get a couple, maybe two, three years, two, three good years out of him, and then I, I, I worry a little bit about Blake Snell at 35 years old, right? When that stuff starts to go down a little bit, when the velocity starts to go down a little bit, which it always does for most of the pictures. Um, I don't know. What are you thinking with that? Honestly, like, uh, what, what, are you, what is your reaction
1: to that? Yeah, you know, there's there's a point with negotiations where, yeah, you gotta you gotta start here y- y- if you want, if if you need pennies, right? A- a- ask for a quarter. Don't ask for ten, right? You need you need to ask for more than you can get, uh, or, or more than you want if you want to get what you want. But then there gets to a point where you start turning people off, where they're just like, oh, that's where we're at. <laughs> okay, forget what. Talk to us when you come back down to earth. And I feel like that dollar amount, those years, just turns people off. Okay, we can't we can't even have a conversation if that's your starting point because even the middle amount is too much for us. So, I look, he turned down that he turned down the Yankee deal, the five one fifty. Apparently, he didn't want to be a Yankee that bad. And now I don't know where he's gonna end up. You know, the Angels could use him. The Giants... Here's the other thing that's happened, is a lot of the teams where you could have slotted him in, they've started to make moves, and they don't need him anymore. They probably feel like they can get by and if his price and his dollars comes down sure we'll go out and try the yankees brought in stroman the giants the giants traded for a guy who isn't even going to be ready to pitch until the middle of the season with robbie ray uh you've got teams making moves and i don't see the market for him now i mean who is it it literally feels like it is the angels i mean the managa the cubs don't need him anymore where could he go? I, I No one's going to give him that dollar amount because nobody needs him that bad at this point. I can't think of anywhere that he winds up.
0: Yeah, th- this is where I think it could get really interesting and where I think, and this is just my opinion, where I think there has been a, a holdup, right? Because when it comes to Snell, and again... This is just my opinion, but I wonder if teams feel the same way, right? Because he is a stuff first guy, right? He leads Mm -hmm. with the stuff, doesn't throw a whole lot of strikes. Uh, Could he maybe turn into that kind of a pitcher at one point, adjust his game down the road? Sure. But I wonder if teams worry about how his stuff will play, you know, four years down the road, five years down the road. So that's where I think there is a bit of a sticking point. And that's where I wonder if maybe they do get a little creative. Maybe they try to maximize the next few years, right? If a team's not willing to go the years that they're looking for, maybe you could see something creative, maybe like a three year with an opt out, something like that, where you know you try to get like 32 per year for the next three years. And mm-hmm. then you go back out in the market and you see where you're at then. Right. You know, I understand though, guys would like to have that long term security, but I wonder if they do get a little creative here. Because, and the re, and one of the other reasons I think that is because the fact, and we'll get to the Red Sox in a little bit, but the fact that the Red Sox, they don't really seem to be willing to commit to long term deals at this point. And the fact that they're still being brought up in any kind of rumors or conversations about Snell that makes me wonder if maybe something like that could be in play. I'm not saying the Red Sox, you know, have any chance of signing him. I just wonder if maybe there is a possibility of, of something creative like that, who knows, but baseball trade values, uh, they've been very accurate when it comes to their future free agent value tool for nine years. They project him for nine years. Make sure you, Keep that in mind. They're projecting him for $22 million per year over nine years. However, mm-hmm. if you take a five-year deal, well, then you're looking at they're projecting a $28 million AAV, which would be 5-140. All right. Mm-hmm. So where do you think in, in your heart of hearts, right? What is your gut telling you? What, what kind of a contract do you think he ends up with?
1: Yeah, I think the only way he he sniffs 30 is if it's a short-term deal. Yeah. Like the Yankees sort of outlined it. The, yeah. I don't know if the Yankees said it's it's uh, f- five at three, three thirty a year, take it or leave it. That yeah. felt like the deal to try to start to 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 work on, take it right. to, OK, well, all right, you, you're offering us five, one fifty thirty. What if we dropped it down to twenty five? Five and we take it up to six and maybe we add a mutual option for seven or best if like, like that seemed yeah. like the deal to try to tinker with because of the the you know they reached the 30 i, I can't see him getting anywhere near what he's what he's asking for and yeah. it does seem like if he wants the high aav he's gonna have to go short um Patman. Coming through with a super chat. Snell liked San Diego. He takes six for 180 with deferrals. Going back to San Diego, confirmed, Pat, man, feeling pretty confident about that. The problem with San Diego is if you do that and I mean, look, deferrals, that's a that's a a really uh, popular way of, of trying to find a way to make your player fit with the team right now. Uh, I don't know if he's going to do that with San Diego. And even still, um, if San Diego puts 10 mil a year, 15 mil a year into him right now, it prevents them from doing other things. So that's the yeah. only drawback there. Y- yeah. I mean, look, a Snellback to San Diego would work if they had a, maybe a better TV deal situation lined
0: yeah. up. Yeah and one of the problem of that is reports have said you know they want to be under that 200 million dollar mark yep. where right now fangraphs on the on the very bottom of the page i always remember to go to the bottom of the payroll sheet on fangraphs mm-hmm. cuz that's mm-hmm. usually the more accurate number when you account for a whole bunch of other stuff that gets put into play they're looking at right now 212 right, right around 212 212 million so You know, and if they want to be around that two hundred million dollar mark, I just don't see a scenario Mm -mm. where Snell comes into play. You know, unless like they they would have to move something, but I don't see what they could move to even consider that. I mean, Cronenworth, I think, is a guy they would love to part with, but even when you even if you get rid of him, you're still not under that two hundred million dollar mark. I think right now, I think they're stuck. Right, I, I, I don't, I don't see him doing much. Right? They're gonna
1: have to give away Cronenworth. Like, if they want to yeah. get out of that dollar amount, but, <laughs> but at the same time, like, here's the thing about Cronenworth. Like, he, who's to say he can't bounce back? Who's to say yeah. he can't still be a productive player? Yeah, uh, it he doesn't could, look good yeah. right. It doesn't look good right now. But, yeah, you know, if he does bounce back, he's thirty. So mm. I'm not saying he's done. He's got a couple more years in that peak age window. I always mm. identify that as 27 to 32. So you have a couple more years. Maybe he bounces back, but. They are no, I mean, they are in a a really bad spot, and I don't know what they could do. That's they, you know, what they need to do, they need to trade Hassan Kim to the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, but in in that world, I guess Kikuchi is not gonna go, you'll have to trade a bunch of pre arbitration guys to San Diego. I mean, yeah, that is they're in a bad spot, yeah. And, um, you know, and getting back to Snell, you know,
0: it's very interesting to think of what. What does he end up with, right? Because if he turned down five one fifty with mm-hmm. the Yankees, I mean, you're mm-hmm. you are there. You're maxing out that AAV because uh, baseball trade values they project for five years. They project a one hundred forty million dollar contract, which hey, that's right around what the Yankees yeah. were offering. That's mm-hmm. twenty eight per year, and if he's turning that down, I'm wondering like, what are you expecting? to get because there's no way you're getting 30 like even over seven years there's i don't see it i think maybe that's what they're hoping for they're hoping for a team to bite uh you know do a, do like a seven
1: i don't know like seven 200 like
0: something like that
1: you know um, the only thing i just think about this the only thing that would throw this off is if that if that offer's fake if that offer never actually right. happened and that's just fabricated by somebody because maybe there's a similar offer on the table yeah. Or there's for, there's some reason why Scott Boris or somebody would leak that, and it and it's it was never real, and there was no offer from the Yankees. that's, on yeah, the that's also something to think
0: about too. I yeah. agree with that. So, you know, maybe maybe they're putting it out there just to try and get another year, couple years, something right. like that. Boris, man, he's smart, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did something like that. Right. We'll see. But Blake Snell, it's going to be really interesting. I think it could go. I don't think he's gonna get the nine. Uh, realistically, Mm -mm. I could end up seeing oh, I don't see more than seven for him. I just don't. Like for me, five, six felt right. Maybe there could be an option at the end for for something. I would say it either, you know, ends up being like a five, six year deal with an option, or he just really tries to max out a couple of years, right? Just try and just get as much as he can, you know, maybe 32, 33 per year for the next two years or so.
1: I am kind of thinking this may end up, I, I I started to hypothesize this a couple of weeks ago before the Teosca Hernandez deal mm-hmm. that with the way this market is going, we may see some players take some one-year deals. And I'm not saying Blake would take a one-year deal because he's coming off a of Cy Young, mm-hmm. but is there anybody out there that would give him 40 for two? Like, is there right. somebody that would give him a, a Justin Verlander or a Max Scherzer type contract and say, look, um, Here, we can't lock into you long term. We can't give you $200 million, but we could do this on the short term. I don't know. We'll see. Um, For me,
0: at the end, at the end of the day, I think with Snell, uh, I just think, you know, with the injuries that he's had over the last couple of years, you know, stuff with the groin. And again, the stuff, it's just not a recipe for... a guy that's going to hold up right over a long period. And maybe Snell ends up doing something like that. He just goes back out of the market every three years or so, you know, we'll see. But one guy, I think when you look at the body of work over what he's done so far in his career, this is a guy that would seem more likely in my opinion, right, for teams to feel a little bit more comfortable with giving a long term deal, Jordan Montgomery, where he's been very durable in his career, uh, coming off a lot of innings last year, winning a World Series. So, Jordan Montgomery is a guy I could see a team being very comfortable giving a five, six year deal because he doesn't really, he's different from Snell, right, where he's not really like a stuff guy first. He's a, you know, throws strikes, first pick strikes has some pretty good stuff, but he's a guy that's going to, you know, he's going to be working the corners, working the location. So Jordan Montgomery, I see holding up over a longer period of time. And it got a little interesting today, Jim, where uh, we had a little update on the whole uh, Valley, you know, TV network deal with the the diamond sports group, where now Amazon is going to start jumping in here and they're going to help out for the year 2024. So, There's still a lot of language that's getting involved. A lot of lawyers are going to be getting involved with this whole thing, really looking at the fine details of everything. So I feel like it's going to be a little bit before we even see how this all unfolds. But it looks like Amazon is coming to the rescue for 2024, which could mean possibly good news for the Rangers for this year. However, it's still a bit of a question mark moving forward. So I know we have talked about this before, but are you still putting the Rangers as a favorite for Jordan Montgomery?
1: Yeah, I think that's the only reason he hasn't signed is that he wants to go back to the Rangers. They want to have him, and they're basically like, hold on. We're trying to work this thing out with Diamond to give us $90 million. Just hang tight, hang tight with us because we're going to lock in. We want to bring you back. I think he wants to go there. I think they want to have him back. I think it's a perfect fit. The only Here's the element. Um, The word is, unless anything has changed since uh, earlier today, and, and by the time anybody hears this, is that there's five teams that Amazon has come to an agreement on, and those okay. five teams are the Tigers, the Royals, the Marlins, the Rays, and the Brewers. The Rangers are not in that deal. Yes. Now, maybe that's because the Rangers are working on a, uh, give or take, a few million here and there, like $90 million, so... That would, in theory, keep Bally with the Rangers in 2025 now or 2024. Now, here's the thing. Um, I hope they get that money and they run it straight to the bank. It's not in installments. Make sure that check doesn't bounce. So I I don't know. Come hell or high water. I think Jordan Montgomery ends up back with the Rangers one way or another. Yeah,
0: it does feel like that. The only thing I just worry about, it's just. You know, the Rangers looking down the road the next couple of years, like, yeah, they're going to get, they're going to help us out here. But are oh, hey, we going to be having consistent revenue coming in to where if we're paying this guy, you know, 25 million per year, you know, is this going to be good for us mm-hmm. over the next few years? I, I don't doubt at all they would love to have him back. It's very obvious they could use him. But I just wonder if a team is going to look at this and they're going to see an opportunity. And then they just say, hey, you know what? The Rangers, I know they're trying to figure stuff out. Maybe they figure something out. But right now, we can give you a five year 140, 150, right? You know, maybe not, maybe not 150, right? Maybe like that 130 range, right? Maybe like that 25, you know, 24 per year, right? I wonder, I said this on my video yesterday. I wonder if the Phillies just come out of nowhere. Right, because that's mm. Dave. That's a Dave Dombrowski kind of a thing that he would right. do. Right, just always looking, always keeping an eye on things. And the Phillies, l- l- listen, am I the only one out here that did? Did I miss something with the Phillies this off season? Have they done anything besides Nola? I they haven't done anything. I don't see really how they've gotten better. Right. I just feel like they still need to do something. They haven't. They, they could still use a closer, right? You got Avarado there who's mm-hmm. projected to be good. And their bullpen is projected to be good. But they got to do something, right? Yeah. So I wonder if the Phillies were something, you know, someone could hop in. What do you think?
1: Right now, the Phillies estimated payroll is at 238. Their final from last year was 246. And the latest we heard when we checked in on the pulse of the Phillies was that they were trying to get an extension done with Wheeler. So if they get that done after the NOLA deal and the pitchers they got coming, I don't see Jordan Montgomery lining up with the Philadelphia Phillies. So I I think it's Rangers or bust. What does help the Rangers here is the teams that just worked out the deal with Amazon or or are in the process of working out a deal with Amazon. Tigers are not going to jump in. The Royals, the Marlins, the Rays, the Brewers, none of those teams are teams that are looking for – the bailout to then be able to go and afford Jordan Montgomery a hundred million dollars is going to Bally. I'm assuming then that's going to work out to about 20 million dollars per team. The Rangers have such a massive deal. It was when, when, when I heard that it was 111 million dollars annually is what they got from diamond. I thought to myself, no wonder this, Damn organization, Diamond is going under. They were doing 111 million dollars with the Rangers. um What was it like 40 with the Padres or something like that? Yeah. So either way, um, I think that you've got a situation where the Rangers are the team, and we've gotten to this point again because teams have made moves. The Diamondbacks signed E. Rod. The Yankees did their thing. The Mets have now signed a bunch of. C plus pitchers, um, the Red Sox make sense if they could get the okay to spend money, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I, every I got team a little, uh, got a little a, every, scoop. Every team that I look at, it just feels like there's something that X's them out, except for the yeah. Rangers. What's the scoop? Got a little scoopy scoop. It's in scoop. That.
0: I'm not gonna sit here and be like Jared Carabas saying, you know, scoop shop." I'm not that guy, but I was told a little something where the Red Sox are still there. They're still hanging around, right? And uh, the problem with the Red Sox is they don't want to go more than three. That's mm. that's they're just they're they're sticking right now with two years for position players, no more than you know two three for pictures, right? Montgomery, it's a little different than say like you know Mike Clevenger out there, yeah. But Montgomery. That's a guy they they still are connected with. And I, I do wonder if these teams, what the feeling that I'm getting from the Red Sox is they're just hanging around, right, just in case something falls through. Right. And, you know, something happens there with the Rangers, doesn't work out, and they'll be like, hey, you know what, come here, come here for, you know, a couple years, maybe a year, go back out in the market next year. I don't know, the Red Sox, they're doing some weird stuff right now, and it's kind of hard to get an idea of really, what is the end game right now? But with the lack, I understand the direction they're trying to go in. We'll talk about them in just a little bit. Can but- I say
1: this? Can I say this? Yeah. This it obviously wasn't Heim Bloom's fault. Can we just put? <laughs> can we just drop the mic? It obviously was not Heim Bloom's fault because it seems like the same stuff is happening yeah. with Craig Breslow. Yeah, I, I I
0: think with Heim, I don't think he was perfect either. I think right. there was something where. I think the Red Sox, they probably just thought, from what Jared Carabas said, it, something to do with maybe how he was working with agents and stuff like that. Right. right. The, just not pulling the trigger on deals and just coming up short on stuff. Trade deadline stuff was... I think the trade deadline at the end really was the the final nail in the coffin, right? Yeah. Not doing anything. Because the Red Sox, yeah, they want the long-term vision, but they... They also want the short term, too. And he just didn't do anything at the deadline. And, you know.
1: Yeah. Look, he yeah. wasn't perfect. He was not. It was not perfect. It seemed like he was he was trying to run it uh, a certain way. And, and it wasn't working. Yeah. But ownership, obviously, but not his fault. Right? Yeah, right. Ownership is there. It It. so far, so far, a few. It's only been a couple of months. There's still plenty of time for this change. We have to see Craig Rezzo's first trade deadline. We have mm-hmm. to see multiple off seasons in the rearview mirror but it's not a good start. uh yeah. this this just feels like it's the same thing that was going on before. Right. But getting back to
0: Jordan Montgomery, yeah. you know, I I would I would still say the Rangers figure it out, but I'm always someone I'm always leaving open the possibility because I feel like any time I say, "Yep, this is going to happen, done deal, guaranteed," there's a lot of times it just doesn't right no. and you never know we we got to wait and see what these final details are going to be right now yeah the rangers seem to make the most sense and mm-hmm. he wants and i was told too he wants to go back there um but things can change things right change. we'll have to wait and see i could if the red Sox listen red sox got winter weekend coming up this weekend if they star a we want monty chant while tom warner and craig bresler are on the stage <laughs> who knows Maybe that gets them going a little bit. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, but everyone, replay viewers, we are at the end of this. So if you want to listen to the rest of this, make sure you go download the Barreled Up podcast because we are going to be talking about the Red Sox next. So if you want to listen to all that, you will find it on podcast format only. Uh, this will not be here for the uh for the replay viewers. If you're live, stay with us. We're talking to some Red Sox now. Let's move on here. Speaking of all of that, we got some comments. And, uh, I mean, I've been all over this the last couple of days. And I've been seeing. You don't want to be on Red Sox Twitter land right now. I feel like I'm the only one that's trying to stay positive out there. And I'm just getting shellacked by a bunch of people. But you know what? I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of a guy. And you know, I'm just trying to stay positive, but we did not really get the greatest quotes the past couple of days. Uh everyone wants to talk about the full throttle thing, right? That's the joke. That's the uh the running joke this off season. So, let me let me read you the quote from Tom Warner. He was the one that said the Red Sox are full throttle. Here is the quote. Maybe that wasn't the most artful way of saying what I wanted to say, which is that we're going to be pressing all levers to improve the team. There you go. It should have just been all levers, right? That should have been the quote. Uh, in the end, nobody's happy with our performance the last few years. Some years we go after somebody who was about to be a free agent or was a free agent as it pertains to Trevor Story or Rafi Devers. We felt very strongly that we were going to compete for Yamamoto's services, but in the end, he went to another team. So obviously the big one there is the very beginning of that quote. Maybe that wasn't the most artful way of saying things. Now I know Blue Jays fans have their, their, you know, their feelings about Ross Atkins. From coming from your, you know, landscape with, you know, what you've had to hear from the Blue Jays ownership, what do you think when you hear a quote like that where he's kind of backtracking a little bit, not backtracking,
1: but kind of saying, yeah, I messed up there. I kind of wished he had gone with levers because I, I would have appreciated the memes for that too. I think somehow uh, Red Sox, Twitter and just Twitter in general would have found a way to, to put, t- pull together some pretty good lever memes uh, yeah. on that. But yeah. even still they have, they even done that is the problem. They have fallen short of doing even that uh, we get Tyler O'Neill, we got Vaughn Grissom and we got, who am I forgetting? Um, Who am I forgetting? Yeah. Grissom. We got O'Neal, uh, Giolito. That's it. And then did the Giolito one, maybe the most egregious of all, because why is, why did Giolito get that much money? Like <laughs> Giolito should have gotten at most the Sean Mania contract. So to overpay, to, to overpay, it feels like for Lucas Giolito coming off a, dog garbage year and yeah, dog garbage is not a word, but I think, you know where I wanted to go there. I'm trying to PG myself here. Uh, a, a terrible year. And look, Von Grissom, that may be great. That may work out great. Let's give Craig Breslow in that front office, a hand getting out of the Chris sale business. I think that was a good thing. They are paying a little bit for it, but they're out of, they're out of the, the Chris sale business. Uh, Von Grissom could be great. Tyler O'Neill could have a bounce back year. Lucas Giolito could have a bounce back here. But in that division, the aggressiveness that you need to see, I think it's got to be frustrating that whether it's full throttle, whether it's levers, whatever it is, they they have just fallen short and there've been too many times as well where they've been linked to free agents. Now maybe this is not fair because it could have been leverage and they didn't come through. So and and yeah. some of the offers that we've seen that they've put forth for free agents that they've lost on Kind of make you scratch your head. It feels like it's an ownership thing. Heim Bloom, Craig Breslow, you, me, Victor Fuentes in the live chat. I don't know if anybody can succeed with this, uh, with this ownership group.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, just reacting to those comments. You know, I'll be honest with you, and people will probably be like, nah, you weren't thinking that. No, I was, I was kind of thinking this from the very beginning. Not, I didn't, I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but the way I took it was hey we're just we're gonna go here we're gonna get to work that's the way I initially took it and I think everyone a lot of people out there they thought oh okay we're we're going big right we're gonna get yamamoto um and yeah part of me was thinking yeah okay all right cool maybe we can go grab someone mm-hmm. I didn't initially react to it that way I really just thought okay let's go we're gonna make some moves we're gonna make make some transactions um But I think in a city like Boston, it's just not the right thing to say because we're very passionate fans. Mm -hmm. You know, we know how much the tickets are. We know how much the beers are at the game. A Fenway Frank is like like $60. It's expensive, right? So when you hear comments like that, yeah, you know, it's probably not the best thing to say. So I'm glad he at least acknowledged it. Um, And you got winter Mm -hmm. weekend coming up for the Red Sox this weekend. Let's see how that goes because he's going to be there and they're going to be doing some kind of a thing where they're going to be talking with people. Let's see how that goes. I'm Uh very intrigued about that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just been, to me, it's like you obviously had to know coming into the offseason what your guidelines were, what your parameters were, right? two-year deals, maybe three. You can't be saying those kind of comments when those are the parameters that you're working with, right? And and Mm -mm. with a budget, right? They had Mm -mm. a a reported budget of 225 last year, maybe with inflation, that's up a little bit this year, maybe like 228, 230. Um, But if you're going to be following those kind of parameters, I mean, like, what are you making these comments for, right? It's like, goodness. Yeah. If you're willing to give a guy like, you know, seven year, eight year deal. Okay. Yeah. Make those comments. Right. But not two year deals. Um, I mean, I've been told that the, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, he really wanted to go to the Red Sox. I was mm-hmm. told this and he waited and waited and waited and they wouldn't budge and they wouldn't move and they wouldn't come up. And Teoscar basically just said, wow. Okay all right, these guys look cheap. <laughs> so, and he took the one year deal with the Dodgers. He wanted to go to the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and from the person that told me that came from him himself, Fred, right? he actually told this person. So it's, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like crazy to me that they wouldn't even budge on that. I can understand with Teoscar you know, his numbers had, de- had been declining a little bit over the last couple of years, but it's like, man, like that would have been a great fit. um, and another one for the red Sox, you know a a name that has been popping up a little bit and jim Bowden even mentioned this and i've heard it as well behind the scenes someone like mike clevenger all right that's been a name that's been coming a little bit do it yeah like baseball wise i'm fine like i guess i'm okay with it but it's not really i know i know it's not really like that that one two or even a two three he's like a four five hey, you don't want to be
1: and you don't want to be too excited about my clevenger because then people are going to question your like your like your your, your soul a little bit yeah uh, with right. my clevengers off the field stuff so you don't want to be like yes yeah. we got clevenger wait no 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 it doesn't no, no, really mix
0: in boston man it, it just doesn't <laughs> that's not the place to go right i i and that is a place he that's a place he has said that he would like to go i'm thinking why would you want to go to boston right yep. where you know they get pretty passionate about stuff like that and and hey i don't, I don't blame them right you know who knows what ended up happening with that whole thing mm-hmm. um you know I, 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 it sounds terrible right but that's just not really a city i would want to go to no um i don't know man it's just really interesting with the red Sox right now and the, the fact that they don't want to budge on two-year deals, maybe three for someone like Montgomery. Um, they were connected with Solaire, but that seems to not really be in the in the mix right now. Which really kind of, from what I've been told, that makes sense a little bit because Alex Cora he likes versa, he likes versatility, and with Jorge Solaire, he's not going to provide much of it. He's more of a DH at this mm-hmm. point. The bat would be amazing at Fenway Park, but yep. it's not really Cora's style to have that. So he did have it with JD Martinez. So I, I don't know. I I don't know. You Uh, know, it's, it's going to be very interesting with the red Sox. And I will say this, they're definitely not a division caliber team right now, but they have gotten better. And I did make this post this uh, today. And I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, barn burner of a team, you know, competing with the Dodgers, but I think they have gotten better, Right you're going to be getting some guys back next year. They've they've made a couple of decent moves, but it, it's a lot of what ifs at this point. For you right now, what are you thinking? You think, you think we are we're, win range right now? What do you think of the Red Sox?
1: I think look, if you if your car breaks down and you need a car, but you don't like how much cars are costing these days? Do you just not buy a car? If you are hungry and you need to eat and you don't like the inflation, you don't like spending more money for your cereal, your chips, your your beef, your eggs, do you just stop buying beef, eggs, and chips because it doesn't fit your parameters? You have to bend with the market. And if you don't bend with the market, you're going to die. You're not going to get to work because your car doesn't work. And you're like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care if I don't, I'm not paying that for a car. I'm not paying that for eggs. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to go be malnutritioned and unemployed rather than bend to the market. You have to bend, you have, you have to go with the market. And if the market is saying you need to go five years at, for this player, that's what you have to do. Because if you try to understand, because think about it this way, if we know they're under offering these other players, what do you think they're offering? Mike Clevenger probably garbage so you can't you, you have to figure that at some point you gotta you, you you literally you have to just bend yep you have to pay what the market is willing to bear we will we will i will criticize front offices and, and agents when they are being unreasonable like we just did for blake snell He's being unreasonable chris gets being unreasonable we have to go the other side too you're being a cheapskate go out there and get the deals done. They have a projected and estimated payroll for 2024 of 178 and that is with all arbitration dollars accounted for, that is with all contracts accounted for. Last year they were at 199. They should have 40 to 50 million dollars to play with. What are they doing? There's we're getting to a point where there's nobody to give that money to if Montgomery's going to the Rangers and I mean they could give it to Snell um but these these Bellingers going to the Cubs uh Monty's going to the Rangers uh you 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 can see where these guys are going now it's very clear where the the most likely landing yeah. spot is let's do it what do you, is is Rafi Devers contract preventing them from making deals um yeah. if that's the case then I understand why they traded Mookie Betts for nothing so the yeah. Red Sox need to look in the mirror Realize they are not in Kansas City. They are not John Angelos. I mean, I guess maybe they are. Uh, Go out there and spend money. You have resources available to you that other franchises, other cities wish they had. And they just don't. And that's why they don't spend. You have the resources. Go out there and spend the money. Yeah. Just to point
0: out one thing now uh, on the, for the Red Sox payroll as of right now, I actually just learned this not too long ago. A good, uh, good Red Sox Twitter account to follow, Red Sox Payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're estimating the Red Sox payroll to be around 201 million, which okay. it does say at the top on fan. Yeah, draft you got the 198.
1: What is that? What does that do to? So that,
0: there's a lot of other things that come into play, and there's pale. also like the medical stuff that comes into play too, yeah. and like other payments that come in, and arbitration, you know, stuff like that. So 198,
1: so, but they should still have. I mean, you're still talking
0: 20, right, 25 right. million so dollars. They still do have room, right? Yeah. So just pointing that out. Um, so like, if there is a budget, if there is a budget, which I would imagine there probably is, right? So like two twenty-five, two thirty. I would imagine it's probably around that. If that's the line, then they're probably working with that. They are trying to get rid of Jansen. That is something that's been in the news. Mm-hmm. I wonder... To me, I feel like they probably would have gotten rid of him by now. If you were able to get rid of Sale by now, I feel like you can get rid of Jansen by this point. I'm wondering if it, if they're having a bit of a hard time finding a taker. Um, yeah. Or they have teams that would be willing to take him, but they're probably wanting the Red Sox to eat a certain amount of money. right? And the Red Sox are probably... Trying to not eat as much. I would I would imagine probably the highest point. Maybe they pay half of his salary, try and save eight million. Maybe they don't have to eat that much, maybe like five million or so. Um, but because his contract is a little underwater at the point at this point. Um it's just interesting with the Red Sox right now. This is one thing I, I'm I'm speculating. I am speculating because Now, I'm not saying the Red Sox have to go absolutely like Steve Cohen crazy, right? Can we start making that a term, Steve Cohen crazy? Um, But I feel like there's something else going on that we just don't know. Like something, right? Because it's like, I don't know. I know I know Fenway Sports Group. They're trying to add a basketball team into their mix. They're trying to renovate the Fenway area. I don't know, man. It just feels like something, you know, mm-hmm. Tom Warner's making comments. John Henry's not even saying anything. Is there some kind of a weird thing going on there between the two? Mm-hmm. I don't know. There just seems to be like some sort of a disconnect. And I, I just, I can't put my finger on what the problem is. Like, cause yep. it's like, you know, you have, I know you have the money. We all know you do, but why aren't you spending it? So I feel like there's there could, again, I I don't know. I'm not suggesting. I don't know even know what to to even suggest. I just wonder if there's something behind the scenes going on. Right. Because I feel like there's always a reason for something, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of just not wanting to spend money. I think Henry has always had this mentality. Remember, he wanted to bring in Billy Bean back in the day. He wants to build a sustained winner where you're not having to just blow through tons of money. And they've had bad experiences with contracts, right? Plenty of bad experiences, right? They've definitely lost more on investments when it comes to signing high-priced players, Carl Crawford, Pablo Sandoval for one, for two, right? You've had definitely some other ones that didn't work out. So I just wonder, is it is it you you haven't liked what's happened in the past with free agents, is there something else going on? Is it mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of both? I don't know. I do know Mar- I do know John Henry has, you know, according to reports over the past year, he's been looking for more investment partners to come into play. Um, there were rumors at one point that he was looking to sell Liverpool, um, but then they came out and said no, not for sale. I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like something business. Is there a divorce? Is there a
1: divorce coming? Is there a know. divorce I really looming? Don't
0: know. I, I don't know. I don't know. It just feels weird. Yeah, it feels odd. I'll keep it at that. I'm not suggesting they're gonna like sell the team or anything, but like, it's just what is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not normal, especially when you know you have you know the highest prices in the game, but you're not putting the best, the most competitive product on the field.
1: Right. Who think knows? about what waste i think about the wasted years that's my, i've been really on lately um with the mets the wasted years by not going after Blake Snell mm-hmm. because you've got a pre arbitration year you have a pre arbitration francisco alvarez is cheap pre arbitration year free uh, of alvarez you have a pre arbitration year for Beatty and Vientos. That is extremely valuable. That is millions of dollars worth of value right there. You have a prime year, of Francisco Lindor. You have a prime year of Kodai Senga, and Kodai Senga can opt out. You may only have two more years of Kodai Senga. Yeah. You have prime years. You have pre arbitration years for talented players, and you may, and maybe your final year of Pete Alonso. And you're just going to say, okay, that. Nah. We're just going to let 24 ride out. We'll be back in 2025 aggressive. Boston's the same thing. You have a prime year. You have a Rafi Devers prime year. This guy may go down as one of your best players ever. You're going to waste one of his years. You have all these pre-arbitration and arbitration years where a lot of those young players, they are cheap. Rafaela could be one of the most exciting players of baseball. You're going to waste that year. Don't waste years when you have the ability, when you have the means, when you have the resources to avert a situation like that. So Boston would fall right in there. uh, The same, the same thing I've been thinking about the Mets lately.
0: Yeah. And and one more thing to add with the Red Sox and like, you know, I could also understand a mentality where they, yeah, they got, they got a next wave of, uh, Next wave of guys coming up, right? Marcelo Meyer, Roman Anthony, Kyle Teal. Those guys are the future. And and those three were mentioned uh when it came to the next wave by Craig Breslow. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if maybe they're just trying to time it with that. It could be just a timeline thing where maybe they're not really willing to pull, you know, the trigger on a on a big ticket item. And there are going to be some guys over the next couple of years. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe they've had maybe they got their eyes on Juan Soto. Who freaking knows? Um but I do wonder if there is a there is a timing aspect to it where they just feel like they don't fully have the foundation yet and maybe mm. they're just trying to get that put in place before they really go for it. But I feel like someone like Montgomery makes sense, right? Because they don't have a lot of pitching in their farm. They're one of the worst teams when it comes to pitching in their farm system. Good bats, but not pitching. Yeah. So I feel like Montgomery makes a lot of sense for them because it gives them a stable piece for the next five six years right you don't got to worry about him he's just going to be in your rotation mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that no. to me is an investment i he's think is guy. Wh- you're you're okay with making right while he- you develop some pitching over yep. the next few years right um, and draft pitching and get it internationally, right? Let Breslow do his magic, right? Just like he did with the Cubs with the pitching, mm-hmm. right? But get a guy like Montgomery who can help you compete over the mm-hmm. next few years. And even if the last couple of years end up being meh, you know, what? whatever, at least he can help you compete or, until that next wave is ready, right? And I don't know. That's just all I have to say on that. Some other Red Sox news before we do get out of here. They are still connected with Adam Duvall, Justin Turner. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see one of those guys come back.
1: But anyway, look, the uh, I'll say this about the, the lineup. Um, I, I think they could use maybe some depth. Actually, no, no, they don't even need depth. That's wrong. I retract that because they've got a bunch of young kids that are that are coming up and are gonna be mm-hmm. ready. When I look at this lineup, Duran. Devers, Cassis, you get a bounce back story year. I like Yoshida. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Tyler O'Neill has some potential. You got Abreu, you got Grissom. You have all of the young players. I again, I am, I am all in on Rafaela this upcoming season. I think he is going to be extremely exciting. I think he's going to be a headline grabber, uh, a highlight maker. I think you have the lineup to compete. There is no pitching, however, that yeah. can handle the American League East and what what, you're, what the gauntlet you have to go through. So the the Lucas Giolito thing was a mistake; never should have happened. What should have happened is they should have gone all in on either Montgomery or Snell. Look, nine years, okay, that's ridiculous. Don't don't do that. Uh, we got to figure out a way. Get a, th- there needed to be a trade, and there needed to be a free agent signing. I said this. Two or three months ago, uh, Shane Bieber, go get Sh- Shane Bieber is now gonna cost Cleveland $13 million. I gotta think it's a, it may be easier to get Shane Bieber because does, does Cleveland want to pay him $13 million? Go get Shane Bieber via via a trade and go sign a free agent. And then all of a sudden, you're putting together a rotation where Bayo is your three, and then between Pavetta, Houck, Crawford, you figure out the four or five and you can compete. Yeah, the, the one thing about Giolito, you know. It's,
0: I would, I would have liked Montgomery way more. Uh, I will say if there were set parameters put in place and you had to work around those parameters, I could understand the Giolito signing. If you have, if you, if they don't want to give more than two years for a guy, I can understand it from that point of view. For the parameters. Sure. Right. The one thing with Giolito horrible second half, he was okay before that. And he's always durable. And he's always going to give you innings. That's the one thing I think the Red Sox, they really need this year. They proved it in 2021. Go back to that rotation in 21. That rotation had Martin Perez and Garrett Richards. They both made 22 starts that year. Garrett Richards was in that rotation, making starts every fifth day. And they made it two wins away from the World Series. That's the only thing you know, where if they just get consistent starts every fifth day and they don't worry about the rotation because they were 27th in innings pitched from their starters last year. Mm-hmm. If they and nine mm-hmm. of the 12 playoff teams from this past year were in the top 15 in innings pitched with starting pitching. So if they just get the innings, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I just want them to be competitive. Right, just be in the mix, right? At least just mm-hmm. be there the final week. Um, if they can just get the innings from the starters, if they yeah, have a I think they have a chance because the offense is good, like you just yeah. mentioned. I, I, the offense is very good, and the defense needs to
1: get better. Competitive, so, competitive, yes. I, I yeah. see them being competitive with this crew, but I'm isn't enough. You it's know? not right. I I I'm thinking about it. If I'm a Red Sox fan. Or, or four Red Sox fans, yeah. I don't want you to just compete. I want you to make the playoffs, yeah. and for you to do that, yeah. Lucas Giolito needs to be the three. And yeah. oh, I agree, right? That's oh, yeah. that's what needs to happen. Lucas Giolito being the one is, and and I, I'm not trying to just tear giolito apart because yeah. he's had some good runs he was up and down last year he had some good moments it got really bad after he was traded but yeah. let's let's set that aside for a minute and just focus on what he was when he was with the white Sox. he yeah. would go on yeah. spurts where he looked really good but he was inconsistent that can't be the one if you yeah. want to be a uh, uh if you want to compete for a playoff spot if you just yeah. want to try to win 80 games you know put together a decent season um, sure you could probably do that with this yeah. with this rotation but um I'm thinking about it from a standpoint of let's go out there and win 93 games let's yeah. get a playoff spot locked up and maybe if things go crazy with the the Yankees and the blue Jays and the Orioles maybe maybe we can even make a run here um I don't think I don't think they've unlocked that possibility with yeah. this current rotation yeah
0: they're not there they're, they're not fully there right now I would say they're an 80. 80- 84 win team max at this point. Um, Max, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they could surprise some people, you know. And again, I said this when we had Scott Braun on the pod. And I, I do think, you know, a big key, if they don't add anyone, and I, I, I don't think I made this clear when we talked with uh, with Scott, where I said, if they weren't going to add anyone, the big key is Andrew Bailey. Now I'm not saying that's going to get them to the pro
1: coaching huge. But- the blue Jays will tell you the blue Jays and their love for the pitching coach. Uh, Pete Walker is extreme. It's immense. They'll tell you, Pete Walker is the reason why the blue Jays win uh, 20 of their games. So I, I listen, I understand the, the love for, for, for pitching coach and for the coaching staff. It's, it's, it, it's, It can be a difference maker.
0: Yeah, it definitely can, and you know we'll see, right? I'm not saying Andrew Bailey is going to help get us to the playoffs, right? But but I think he's going to be a big help Mm. because let's—I mean, I'm going to be very honest with you. Watching all the games last year, Dave Bush didn't have it, right? There was just something he just didn't have a grasp on. I'm not saying he's not a good pitching coach. I think he can excel somewhere else. I just didn't think there was—it was the right fit. And um, I think Bailey just seems like a guy. He he has an idea of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And what he needs to do. Um, I do think they need to add Montgomery. I, I do think they need to add something else, right? We'll see. But I think we'll end it there. I think we'll end it there. I'm trying not to go to Giraffe Neck Robbie tonight. Uh, I could go another hour if I wanted to. Um, but, Jim, what do you got cooking up over on your channel for this week?
1: We are going to be looking at potential deals, potential trades. Today, uh, I put out two videos. I put out a my fifth installment of the Blockbuster series focusing on all of the Marlins players that seem to be rumored right now. So go check that out if you haven't yet. Also reacted to the Rodriguez signing for the Blue Jays, and there will be more news. I'm hoping we'll get some something here where we can dive into some signings and if that's the case you know uh we'll be talking about that digging into that as as you will be as well and we will certainly come back here on the podcast and talk about it as well you know what we have to do we have mm. to do if we can get another pod and
0: maybe this week maybe early next week we got to our hall of fame ballots
1: yeah that's a good call that's that is that, that, is, that is very accurate up?
0: I just I need I want to get my ballot, you know. I mean, I'm not a writer, but hey, we can still do a ballot. So maybe we can shoot for that this week. Maybe that's a good next idea. Week, we should do it. But mm-hmm. that's gonna be that's mm-hmm. hey, we got something to talk about next week. So mm-hmm. let's see who ends up getting it. But um everyone, thank you for stopping by tonight. And uh for those of you listening on the podcast, thank you so much. Uh please make sure you have the Barrel up podcast downloaded. Um, And everyone's still in the chat with us. If you can hit the like button on the way out and uh, subscribe. If you're new, go subscribe to ball cap sports over at Jim's channel and uh, everyone have yourself a good rest of your night and we'll talk to you next time.